Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, and that link will be in the show notes. Welcome to the Less Stressed Life podcast. This is your host, Krista Bigler, private practice integrative nutritionist, helping people across the U.S. reverse digestive issues, eczema, and autoimmunity via phone and video consult. To learn more, visit lessstressednutrition.com. Now, on to the show. So I got a voice memo the other day from Ethan, and here's his question. So I'm listening to your podcast, and I find it absolutely fascinating. Um, But I am just wondering, like, what do you do when you, like, are under stress and when you're under, like, when your flight schedule is a lot and you're traveling or whatever, and you're not, like, really centering yourself? I know it was talked about a bit in the podcast, but... Um, I just don't know, like, practically, like, what someone would do to make sure that their body isn't, like, falling apart. Um, so I guess that's my number one question. Also, I had no idea that poop did so much for babies. And at the end there, he's talking about the conversation I had with microbiologist Karan Krishnan in a very popular episode, episode 23, Forget Everything You Know About Probiotics. If you haven't listened to that, I'm going to go let you listen to it and find out what he's talking about on your own. However, his question is the perfect segue into today's episode. Today, I talked to Marco Tessi, and honestly, it becomes a bit of a coaching session. Now, Marco has an accent, and he is the sweetest man ever, but I do want to give you a quick synopsis of some of the takeaways from today's episode. So to answer Ethan's questions, how do you center yourself when everything is crazy busy? Honestly, it's free and you can do it right now. It's called monitoring your heart rate variability. And so Marco's going to talk about it a little bit today. There is a company I will leave unnamed that kind of makes money on heart rate variability training, and that is fine and fantastic, no problem. But it's really just a breath trainer. And so one of the takeaways from Marco's talk today is that it's essential. The most important thing with breath work is exhaling equal to or greater than you inhale. Let me back up. 
as a baby, I don't remember if he said this or if someone else said this, but as a baby or when someone is having a baby, they check heart rate all the time, right? Heart, they check heart rate variability all the time. And for some reason, once we're outside of the womb, we don't really monitor heart rate variability anymore. And so what is heart rate variability? Well, it's showing up on these new devices, right? Fitbits you wear on your hand, or maybe your iWatch tells you, and it tells you if your heart is in coherence, right? And so I'm not going to give you like fancy explanations about it today. However, Marco talks about how having too much carbon dioxide that we retain and not exhaling all carbon dioxide um, does lead to this cascade of metabolic acidosis. More importantly, I think about the diaphragm and how you need to relax that diaphragm. The diaphragm is sort of an umbrella that hangs out over the top of all your key critical organs. And so if we're breathing out of that belly diaphragmatic breathing, so that's one thing, just being aware of how you breathe, you'll hear Marco kind of walk me through it and you can walk through it with him. And then the other big thing is exhaling equal to or greater than you inhale. So it doesn't matter if you inhale three counts, exhale six, it doesn't matter. What we're trying to do is relax the diaphragm, which is innervated with nerves, right? That's what innervation means, right? Innervated with the nerves. So if we are keeping that diaphragm tense and not relaxing it with our breath, we are impairing nervous energy transmission, which we could imagine causes issues, right? With like, we need our nerves to transmit messages, right? This is how neurotransmitters and calming and everything works. So Marco's going to go through kind of uh, some breathing techniques in my practice. I teach people four square breathing all the time. Marco talks me, I think through some different um, versions and he talks about how it doesn't really matter um, with how much you inhale. It's just that exhaling needs to be equal to or greater than. So now we're on to the show. Okay, today on The Less Stressed Life, we have Marco Tessi, who is going to serenade you with his Italian accent today, (laughs) but he's going to talk about breath work. And one of the reasons I wanted Marco to come on and talk about breath work is because we take breath for granted, right? We can live, you know, weeks without food and days without water, but we can only live really mere moments, minutes without breath without air and breath. And actually recently I was, um, I've been doing some work to improve my stress response, right? The hypothalamus pituitary adrenal access. And so I've been doing kind of a combination of breathing and yoga and adaptogens. And I'll tell you guys more about it another time, but it's really working beautifully. And then there was a few days where I wasn't doing it. And I was trying to decipher whether it was really the the movement from the yoga or the breathing. And I really did feel that without those, without that cognizant, that deep breathing, I was just, my stress response was just much worse by the end of the week. I missed a few days. So today, Marco is going to go over some of the science behind this breathing. And so Marco is an exercise physiologist. He has been helping clients deal with pain, injuries, and chronic health challenges, stress, and anxiety-related autoimmune conditions for a long time. And the thing that he found most useful to improve someone's circumstances was proper and deliberate breathing techniques. Now, as he said in his initial email to me, it's not meditation. Mm. It's really reconnection to your breath. And he's really helping people get proven results. So I love this um, because I love the connection of what seems like just something easy and common being really, um, we see big results. So he helps people, he teaches them to see and feel and implement um, these breathing techniques to help them work through challenges, both mental mentally and physically. So anyway, I'm sure he's got a lot to tell us. Welcome, Marco. Thank you so much, Krista, for your beautiful words. And thanks for having me here in your show. 
Yeah. Such a pleasure for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, Marco, you're in uh, you're an Italian living in Australia, and you're doing this breath and movement training as an exercise physiologist. Why don't you tell us how this happened? Oh, yes, absolutely. Italian living in Australia now from uh, almost four years, uh, and uh, my practice, however, is from uh, 10, 11 years that I'm practicing breath and uh, movement with my patients, even back in Italy I was doing that. And uh, how all that happened is because, uh, well, as you said, for me, breath work is a, broad, is a body practice. It's a body practice and uh, it's such an important body practice because of what I'm finding in a lot of people that the origin of all the kind of nasty conditions, chronic conditions, that seems like there is an epidemic outside, unfortunately, find the roots in our inability to achieve rest and sometimes have this sensation of safety. And as I always say, uh, we experience through our body and our experiences leave traces uh, in our body. So for me, breath work is, uh, is a way to find safety in our body, to reestablish a good physiology, to get a closer gap between our state of mind and our state of body, and so access to all the healing space. That's right. I love what you said about reestablishing reestablishing the physiology. So, Marcus, or Marco, how do people breathe now? And, I mean, so let's talk about how they breathe now and what it's doing, and what happens when you change the way they breathe. Well, what you finding a lot of people, especially, and this, what I'm finding in my experience in my with clients is when people experience pain, when people experience struggles, uh, breath is the first manifestation of it. Doesn't matter what's the cause of it, it seems like a breath is the first manifestation of it, and it's the first uh, kind of a stream that tries to tell you something. And that's why our body is such an amazing source of knowledge. But by the way, how the people nowadays really shallow, really fast. And the problem that I always say to my client is not the fact that they're breathing shallow and fast, or that they hyperventilate during the day. This is not a problem. The problem is that the breath is not functional. It doesn't match with the real demands of the moment. So that means that they can alternate and they can shift in the way they breathe from deep and slowly and short and fast. And they always have this kind of breath. They start to you know, try to catch, catch up with something. So, yeah. so people normally are breathing shallow, fast, or hyperventilating, but you're saying that's not necessarily the problem it's more that the breathing isn't functional so when it's deep and it's more right. slowly it's functional tell us what that means it means that uh, if you hyperventilate because you are exercising and you have to do 10 sprints in the pitch you need to hyperventilate hyperventilate is good and sometimes you need to breathe even from your mouth because you need to get more oxygen in it's fine it's okay it's okay if you do that for three minutes, for five minutes. It's a problem when you do that unconsciously because you walk down the park 
and you start to breathe from your mouth. And you have this kind of uh, condition when that I like to say oxygen craver. Oxygen you are craving what? for oxygen cravers. Cravers. Oxygen you are craving. You are craving. You are craving for oxygen all the time. You have this kind of short, shallow breath. You start to breathe from your mouth chronically. That's the problem. It becomes chronic and become a, a pattern, an unconscious pattern of yourself. Right. Right. With all the kind of uh, uh, consequences, physiologically, mentally. There is so beautiful resources that uh, link how... Uh, unbalanced, unfunctional breathing patterns lead to vulnerability to panic attack, anxiety, stress disorder, and then all of the other kind of physiologically uh, conditions. Absolutely, we can talk about this for one week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay, so the problem is if someone was going to have a checklist of saying, I have problems with my breath, they're maybe breathing through their mouth the whole time. Maybe they're noticing that they're hyperventilating or they're um, they're not getting good deep breaths, like their diaphragm isn't expanding. And so what can happen is it can lead to panic attacks and anxiety, et cetera. So how does that, how does breathing specifically affect mental energy and mood and physiological stress response? Why does the shallow breathing, is it because of a, a lack of oxygen or is there another reason is actually the opposite okay it's actually the opposite too much oxygen in the blood because we always uh, think about oxygen and carbon dioxide in this way oxygen is good for you because it's nourishing your cells because oxygen now is the source of life blah 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 and which is great it's good i agree with that i'm not agreeing when we're talking about carbon dioxide like just uh, a waste product so what we don't really know is that the carbon dioxide is uh, an amazing substance that works like a stress response. It's like working like a stress hormone. What I want to say is that uh, when you start to hyperventilate the breathing from your mouth, uh, most part of the time, your oxygen level in your, blood, in your bloodstream are so high. And you are in this condition of hypocapnia when your level of carbon dioxide are too low. So what's happening at this moment, when your oxygen in your bloodstream is becoming so high, is that this capacity to, to create this bond with the, the hemoglobin, which is becoming so tight in your bloodstream? And controversially, because of this bond, the oxygen can be delivered inside the cell, where you really need it. So if in your bloodstream you create a, a condition of alkalosis, controversially, inside the cell you create a, a condition of metabolic acidosis, which creates the kind of vulnerability for all the kind of panic attack, anxiety, because it seems like high concentration of a hydrogen acidity inside the cell, especially into the neurons, have this uh, ability to trigger all of the area of your brain involved in anticipation, planning, and worry. And so this, this is how created the vicious cycle. But if you're talking about metabolic acidosis inside the muscles, inside our organs, and all of this kind of stuff, it's uh, easily 
to understand why you can create all the kind of physiological conditions. Because, because as I said before, high, high level of oxygen in your bloodstream and too much low levels of carbon dioxide create this kind of affinity where the oxygen becomes too tight to the hemoglobin and they can't be delivered. So this is a kind of metabolic and physiological explanations. Mm-hmm. Okay. About, uh, so too much oxygen, not necessarily getting into the cells, not enough carbon dioxide, even though we think of carbon dioxide being waste, we do need it. So we're not having acidosis, essentially. Is that what you're saying? And, that's right. And so how do we flip this over, right? How do we make sure? And what's the what's the problem here? Is it is is the problem that we are getting in this oxygen and we're not exhaling it? Are we, how, that's how right. Do we, yeah. What do you do? Is it the, is it the exhale absolutely. that's the problem? Is that I, oh, beautiful question? Thank you, Krista. Is uh, is the fact that uh, we lost our ability to exhale fully, mm. and of course, because you can't exhale fully, you can't breathe in deeply, and you have this kind of uh, no short, shallow breath. Mm-hmm. And the main thing, if you want to talking about uh, from uh, biomechanical and postural point of view, I'm working a lot on breathing. I'm doing a lot of diaphragmatic work, of course. What I'm finding, I find that all of this diaphragm are so tight down to the pelvic floor. Because, because when you breathe in, your diaphragm contracts down in order to create this negative pressure and let the hair from outside to come in. Well, when you lost your ability to exhale, your diaphragm becomes so tight down there. Because, because when you exhale, your diaphragm release up and start to dome around the T8, you know, of, of your spine, of your ribcage, if you don't exhale properly, your diaphragm can rest. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you create a lot of conditions where this diaphragm becomes so tight. And, uh, and yes, of course, we lost our ability to exhale, we lost our ability to hold our breath. And so we have this kind of sensation when uh, sometimes you ask two people to hold their breath for five seconds and they feel like they're diving into the water for one hour. And what is that? That's even a conditioning, fears to it sometimes, becoming conditioned that they cannot hold their breath. And this is something like the trigger panic attack too, working a lot with people in panic attack, you know, and this kind of sensation that they need to breathe even more, breathe even more. Ah. Yes, all the time, because they have this kind of lack of uh, experience, all right? that is really associated with panic attack. And so what I'm working a lot with my client is create, is, is actually a training, no more than a training, created this kind of lack of air sensation in a controlled environment when they can control and retraining their nervous system that is fine, it's actually fine. Build up this level of carbon dioxide and stay with that without trigger that kind of air of the brain that are so associated with fears. Mm-hmm. So the issue is that people have lost the ability to exhale totally. So the diaphragm tightens, the rib cage, the spine, the abdominal, everything suffers with that tightening going on there, right? Is it, is it appropriate to say this is partially why people under stress deal with issues maybe with their bowels 
right? Is that po- is that oh my God. is that an appropriate yes. association to say because of the diaphragm tightening? I always think about the nervous system, that vagus nerve, and the gut brain connection, uh, but that can be affected too by breathing, right? Absolutely. If you're thinking, of, well, the vagus nerve is uh, our uh, is where telephone is where the is where the, yeah exactly is where the healing of our body you know is where the healing happens. You no, know I mean you can heal yourself. You don't have enough vagal tone. And uh, if you're thinking about the diaphragm, about the forum of the diaphragm, how the vagus nerve passes through the diaphragm, and the vagus nerve is so good on detecting all the physiological information uh, around the diaphragm and send uh, information back to the brain, so then the brain can elaborate an appropriate response through the vagus nerve again. Well, if your diaphragm is tightening up, even your posterior mediastinum is tightening up, you are in this kind of pattern of uh, tightness around it. Mm-hmm. Tightness and, uh, around, it, the, it, around it, the diaphragm. Yeah, and uh, you can, and the vagus nerve can uh, can uh, can act pro- appropriately. Struggles. It affects really the innovation and the vagus activity. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that will cause things like reflux, etc. If the vagus nerve is uh, really out of creating it. But this, this creating even all the background, the perfect environment for all the kind of autoimmune dysfunction because the vagus nerve is so good, is so good on uh, improve our immune functions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. But if it can't work, you know, you create this kind of disassociation with everything catching up, you know. It's like a it's like a roadblock because the diaphragm is so tight, the vagus nerve is passing through that because it innervates everything, and so this kind of this actually really causes a roadblock or kind of an interference, and that's how maybe the you know it impacts kind of autoimmunity and all the other cascades of that's things. That's right. Okay, got it. That's right. It's really, it's, it's really fascinating when you start to. Well, I'm doing a lot of, as I was saying before to you, I'm doing a lot of psychosomatic work through breathing and movement uh, in order to help people with all of these uh, challenges. And it's really, truly amazing. And this is why I started to do this job and I love it because through movement, through see the posture, to by seeing the people, how they stand, how they move, you can detect in behavior. You can detect the behavior, you can see the behavior of the person, you can try to understand something more and uh, when you start to see that everything is so connected in this magic way, that connect environment, physiology, mental responses, is uh, and I, I see the breath from my point of view for my work like the link between all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. The breath is the link between improving things completely. Yeah. Absolutely, because it's, it's, the, it's the first manifestation of uh, everything that happened to us. Right. You know, you breathe before anything else. So, and I, <laughs> that's right. And I have conversations with people on a, you know, almost daily basis or new people. And I talk, I talk to a lot of people with autoimmune style conditions and almost always stress plays into that somewhere. It was a very stressful situation, but as a result of stress, breathing changes, right? We get that even more shallow, even more of a um, oxygen yeah. situation. Too much, you know, not yeah. enough carbon dioxide. That's right. 
So Mar Marco, can you take us through a quick example? Can you coach me for a few minutes and help me improve my exhalation? So that way, you know, maybe our listeners can follow along because sure. Okay. So we, now we get it. So we're not exhaling completely. It's tightening up our diaphragm. It's affecting everything else as a cascade. So how do we start to improve it? We start to improve it by first of all, uh, create a little bit of time for ourselves. It can be 10 minutes, it doesn't take much. It can be 10 minutes in the morning, can be 10 minutes in the evening before to go to bed, can be five minutes, three minutes while you are in the office and you feel like overwhelming, overwhelmed from all the duties that you have to accomplish during the day. And uh, the first basic technique that I'm always teaching to my clients is to reconnect with the breath. So to pay attention about the with the breathing. So something that I can tell you right now, Krista, to you is if you're sitting down, place your hands on your lower rib cage and just breathe and just be in touch with the way you're breathing right now. Don't try to change nothing. Don't try to modulate nothing. Just sense your breath. And now what I want to what I want to make you feel through your hands, what you want to feel is the expansion of your lower rib cage. I'm feeling my lower rib cage. <laughs> I am I'm breathing away. If we were picturing it, oh. I'm putting I have my hands underneath my chest where my rib cage is and just feeling the normal breath and I could feel my heart was beating kind of quickly. And now it's calm. That's down right. So reconnect with your breath, create Reconnect with the body sensation and uh, think about the timing of your breath. Is your inhalation phase is the same of your exhalation phase? Is your breath short? Is your breath fast? And what I want to make you understand right now is that your breath is perfect as it be right now. Don't try to change nothing yet. Your breath is perfect right now. Think about your inhalation and exhalation phase. So think about... I think I'm yeah. inhaling a little bit more than I'm exhaling. I'm just letting you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. And let's stay with that. And think about now where, where your breath creates movements in your body. It's creating movements in your lower ribcage. It's creating movement on your chest. It's creating movement on your neck. You feel the movement on your shoulder. Again, it's totally fine. What we are trying to develop now is just awareness about the way you breathe. Nothing more. We are just trying to be in touch with our body. Think about your breath and where and feel where your breath creates movement. Now, Try to lengthening tiny bit your exhalation phase. And when we're ready, we try to breathe in really slowly in six seconds and breathe out really slowly in six seconds. I feel like there's a lot so, more I could breathe more beyond six seconds out. I know, I knew that. <laughs> Place your hands on your lower ribcage and breathe in really slowly in six, 
two, three, four, five, six, and breathe out. Two, three, four, five, six, in again. Two, three, four, five, six, breathe out. Two, three, four, five, six, and keep it up again. We are trying to create coherence between your breathing patterns, between your heart rate, between your brain waves. Feel the body. Sense this movement. Sense this sensation of expansion in your body. And now, Krista, Keep on breathing in in six and breathing out in six. By the end of the exhalation, hold your breath for just three seconds. Breathing in six, we breathe out in six and we hold for three seconds. Now, hold, and when you breathe in really slowly, really slowly, control your inhalation phase, Well done, a good exhalation, I can see there. Hold. Keep on breathing in in six, and the end of the inhalation phase, hold your breath three seconds again. So we inhale in six, we hold three, we breathe out in six, and we hold in three again. Hold. Uh, one, two, Three, breathe in two, three, four, five, six, hold two, three, breathe out two, three, four, five, six, hold two, three, in two, three, four, five, six, hold two. Three, out, two, three, four, five, six, hold, two, three, keep it up like this, 
about this and try to sense how your breath in boosts your energy up and how your breath out really relaxes you slow down your heart rate enhance your heart rate variability your ability to be in control your ability to perceive the body perceive the environment around you your ability to feel safe right now So Marco, we're going over, I think you said yeah. we're improving coherence, right? And improving your, right. heart, your heart rate variability. You said on the exhale, we're slowing right. down our heart rate, right? That's right. That's right. That's why you create this kind of coherence between uh, heart rate, between your heart rate, your respiratory system, your brain waves. You can see how all these physiological systems start to work together. Mm-hmm. So that's a place people can start for three, five, ten minutes, right? Improve their that's coherence. Right. That's right. Their heart rate variability. That's right. And from there, they can, imp- you know, they can up level or get a little bit, try something a little more challenging, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, but it's a, such a such an effective tool because it's something you can implement in your daily life, even for three minutes, as I said, five minutes, wherever you need, you know. But I think it's a it's the skill that we missed in the nowadays life, our ability to stop, our ability to sense our body. We are so in rush sometimes that we lost ourselves, we lost our bodies, uh, improve our ability, our skills to stop for a second and recreate a little bit of a reconnection. And uh, I think it's perfect to create that environment where, uh, where the healing can happen. We have to allow ourselves that. Yeah, I love what you said there. We've lost our ability to stop and sense our body and, and hear our body and hear yeah. how when you put your hands under your ribcage, you can feel it's maybe quickened. It's 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 rushed it's it's you know you feel it first in your That's breath right. in your body yeah and i think is i think it's a good way to create awareness you know about your state mm-hmm. marco does it matter you did inhale six hold three exhale six hold three and repeat does it matter if you inhale four hold four exhale four hold four which is i mean that's what i have been doing previously and had been talking to clients no. about does it matter or not really doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. What, I, what I'm always saying to my clients is uh, don't be stuck on counting. Mm-hmm. Find the right rhythm for you. Of course, what we want, we want to um, be focused on our exhalation phase, 
all right, and be focused on holding our breath a little bit. But it doesn't have to something that you are stuck on it. It doesn't have to be something that makes you uncomfortable, all right? So what I'm finding for some people, when we're working a lot one-on-one, that struggling on breathing in a certain way, or in a certain way, and it's really a matter of matching what's the better solution for them. And I think the, the ones that you're already doing is working perfectly for you, so why not? Then, of course, there is so many different breathing techniques that you can apply, but yes. Yeah. How does someone know that by doing this, they're making progress or they're improving their heart rate variability? Is there a way that they can tell? Oh, oh well, you can tell uh, from the way you're feeling, of course, is something that you can experience straight away. It's something that you can experience now because you're feeling a little bit lightheaded, let's say. Uh if you have uh, if you have some uh, some machines, you can check this out between uh, checking your carbon dioxide level with a capnometry, and you can see how the from physiological point of view the level of oxygen and carbon dioxide in your blood. So if you are hyperventilated, if you are chronic hyperventilator, you can see how your level of oxygen are so high. Well, after some breathing techniques, you. Um, your carbon dioxide is so high, so you can see that. Uh, there is a, there is so many, so many, so many mechanisms you can use, even in technology. But I love to say that if you do this breathing technique, if you even do before to go to bed, you can experience a better night's sleep. Probably not in the first two, three sessions, but if you stick at it as a habit, you can see really the improvement in the way you sleep, in the way you wake up, in the, your energy level. And something that's, that I experienced for myself, that sometimes I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed because we all, of us, we all of us have so many things to do, but at the moment that you stop and you reconnect with your breath and you create a little bit more space through your breathing, then you can uh, have a more sense of direction, more focus. So I think it's basically more in the way you're feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. Then if you don't have enough awareness to detect that, you can use so many biofeedback mm-hmm. mechanisms. And, uh, you know, there are so many. <laughs> right, yeah. So it's a good way to go to sleep, for sure. Uh, it's a good way. It's a good place to start doing it, right? Before bed, can't sleep. Do, do some breathing exercises. And in the morning and midday when you're feeling stressed, put it in your phone and remind yourself. And just try this for a week. And if you don't notice, you know, or two weeks and see if you can kind of feel a difference, but you have to actually do it, right? Marco? Uh, yes. Yeah. Marco, where can people find you online? I understand that you teach people how to do this kind of in an online platform and you have a website. Where can people find you? People can find me on my website, marcotesi.com. You can find all the details over there. I'm doing a lot of sessions through Skype as well. I have some clients in Europe, some clients in America too. And, uh, and you can find me even on Udemy. Udemy is the educational platform. There is my online course. It's a six-module course when I'm teaching people to reconnect with breath, when I'm teaching people effective breathing techniques uh, early morning, effective breathing techniques before to go to bed, and uh, other good breathing techniques. But, yeah, basically on Udemy and uh, Respiro by Marco Tesi. 
Respiro for better health, and uh, you can find me there absolutely. Okay. And so, uh, of course, on, on all my social media, Instagram and uh, Facebook. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. All right, Marco, thank you so much for walking us through an exercise to help improve our life starting today. Have a good one. Thank you so, thank you so much, Chris. I really enjoy our chat. <laughs> one of the best gifts you could give us at The Less Stressed Life is your feedback. We are paid in podcast reviews. If you enjoyed this or any other episode, please leave us a review. In the iTunes store or from your podcast app, just search for Less Stressed Life as if you're not already subscribed. Click on the banana face image, scroll to the bottom where it shows the text of other reviews, and write a review. While you're there, hey, make sure you hit subscribe. For Android or Stitcher users, you gotta go to the desktop site and search for Less Stress Life, and then scroll down to leave a review. Stitcher doesn't load Apple reviews on their site, so if you want, you can leave a review in both places. Your feedback means a lot to the success of the show. Thanks so much for taking the time to do that. You rock.